You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Pride Soccer Podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson ABC, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the newspaper for all of my coverage of the Five Stripes, as well as our coverage of the Hawks, the Falcons, the Braves, University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, and all things sports in Atlanta. It's been a long time since I've had a podcast, but I really haven't had a topic that I wanted to talk about until today. The guest is Michael Parkhurst, former Atlanta United captain, guy who helped them win three trophies, uh, and now apparently an Arthur Blank protege because of news yesterday that he is purchasing a minority ownership stake and a USL championship team in Pawtucket. Michael, how are you doing? Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well, thanks. So talk to us about this interest in owning a soccer team. Yeah, so I've, had, I've been having these conversations with um, with Brett, the owner of uh, Phoenix Rising, for a few months now. Um, you know, he he's the one that's really the head of bringing head founder of bringing a USL team to Rhode Island, and uh, you know, found out about the project and did my research with him and talked to some other former players like Beasley and Charlie Davies that have gotten into USL ownership um, about their experiences. And um, yeah, I was excited because, you know, obviously being from Rhode Island um, to be able to bring a professional team back to the state is exciting. Uh, you know, the, the revolution aren't too far from Rhode Island, but it's nothing like having it in your home state in your, in your back door and um, the plans for the stadium and the surrounding area uh probably the what really drew me in because it's not just a a little stadium being plopped down in the middle of nowhere it's uh it's going to be a really nice area for people to enjoy and not only a soccer game but uh you know when the games aren't going on so being a minority owner will you have a stake in the actual day-to-day running of the club do you even want a stake in the day-to-day running of the club yeah, those are conversations that we've had and, and continue to have as far as how much I want to be involved. And, um, you know, I definitely want to be involved in everything involved leading up to day one. So that's, you know, finding a coach, a sporting director, all the back end stuff, um, helping out maybe with some 
player personnel uh, decisions. Um, but I don't think that I'll be too involved on the day-to-day -day after that. I don't, I'm not going to be coaching or assistant coaching or, you know, doing contracts or anything like that. Um, you know, one of the nice things about, you know, this ownership and some of the other projects I'm involved with is I can do it from home and uh, still have the time with the family and the weekends with the kids and, you know, their sports and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, I'd love to get back to Rhode Island as often as possible and, and see games and, and be, um, be present, but uh, not on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. The, um, would you have done this had it not been Rhode Island? I mean, had you looked at other possibilities in, in USL Championship or USL League One or, or divisions below? Yeah, I had an initial conversation with um, someone high up in, in USL prior to Rhode Island coming onto my radar about a, a different uh, location. Um, and you know, I was entertaining it and thinking about it a little bit, but not as excited as I was when I, I found out there was a Rhode Island project and that being, you know, the home state. Yeah. So what's it, what will it be? The Pawtucket or will it even be Pawtucket? Or will I have a, a weird kind of a thing going on? Maybe. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> those are all things that uh, need to be decided. So it's, you know, I'm, I was in part of a, an expansion team, obviously with Atlanta United, but now I'm a part of an expansion team, even in the earlier stages. So now right. I get to help come up with the team name and the logo and the colors and, and all that stuff. Uh, so that's, that's on the horizon. Well, what were, just give us, uh, you know, an important lesson you learned, I guess, by being immersed in that Atlanta United expansion experience that you're hoping to apply or to advise others to apply to this expansion experience? Yeah, I think there's twofold. I think one is, I think it's super important that the, the marketing team does a, a fantastic job prior um, to the ball being even kicked of creating um, the buzz and the excitement and getting people in the seats. And, you know, I think that number two is putting a team uh, on the field from day one that keeps those people in the seats and coming back. But, um, you know, I, I definitely want to make sure that we have some conversations with um, the marketing team from Atlanta United and talk about things that they did leading up to year one, um, you know, and how they created what they created. So they, you need a giant banner of you hanging outside the stadium, like at Bobby Dodd, I guess is the first <laughs> lesson, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's gonna, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to cut it. <laughs> it seemed to work for them. That's, that's the only <laughs> marketing I remember them doing, just a giant banner of artworks hanging down from there. But it's at the north end of Bobby Dodd Stadium. Uh, I still have a photo of that on my phone for some reason. <laughs> so do, do y'all want the team to be affiliated with a major league soccer team? Uh, or do you want it to remain independent? I think right now we're going to remain independent. Um, but that's a good question. I, I haven't asked um, what the long-term plans are as far as if we would want to. Um, you know, Brett's involved with some other teams, um, not only in USL, but he's looking into things in, in Europe as well. So there's opportunities to make connections with teams over there. Um, but I don't know. I don't know about uh, an MLS team. That's a good question. 
Okay. I, I would assume that we would stay independent because uh, when you get connected with the, an MLS team, it gets a little, a little bit interesting as far as you know players coming and going, and it's a little bit more challenging um, to be successful as as Atlanta United too can probably attest to. I'm assuming that you prefer the colors to be some version of a Wake Forest for the team. If you had input, am I incorrect on that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, black and gold works. <laughs> I mean, black and red. I mean, those colors were good to me. Yeah, yeah. They seem to work pretty well. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite things about the USL Championship is the cool jerseys that the guys get to do. Uh, Tormenta from Statesboro here in Georgia just yeah. uh, released theirs yesterday. And it's a fantastic looking kit. Um, so what are you hoping? Are, are you hoping to create some sort of unique identity through the kit and the badge? Or, I mean, you've had you know, a long thing through. I've seen, seen a lot of kits and a lot of badges. What are you, you know, hoping for? Yeah, that's definitely somewhere it's way beyond me. I don't have, I don't have, a, I think, a creative bone in my body. Um, I've never been like a huge, like, oh my God, this jersey is really nice or this one is really ugly or anything. Um, to me, it's like, well, yeah, sure. I'll wear it. And <laughs> it doesn't change anything what I'm doing on the field. Um, but I will say that there are some cool jerseys out there that kind of stick out where you're like, Oh man, that's unique. That's different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it will be a fun experience to try and, you know, come up with something that's turns a head or two and, and makes you want to purchase it as not, maybe not even a fan of the team or, or necessarily a fan yet, but just as a, a cool item to wear. So what year do y'all hope to launch? 2023. And where will, uh, just, I, don't, I know nothing about Rhode Island. I think we've only been through it one time. Where will the stadium and the, and the complex be? There's, it'll be in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is right next to Providence. And uh, there's a nice waterfront area that um, it'll be right on with um, a little pedestrian bridge leading over to um, some retail and you know, restaurants and things like that. Oh, okay. How many seats will the stadium have? Any idea yet? Yeah, I think it's going to be 11,000 leading, oh, wow. leading up to 15, scaling up to 15K. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, that's, that's pretty big for a USL championship stadium. Yeah, it's, it is. Um, you know, I think that 11,000 is a good size. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's, you know, with the World Cup coming in and USL getting bigger, um, I think they want the stadiums to get a little bit larger. And, you know, we're going to try and do other things in the stadium as well beyond just USL. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a nice stadium. And what are the things that you are doing your homework on now? Uh, to try to make sure that this launch is successful and that your ownership state is successful. Yeah, I've had some different conversations with people in USL, around USL, um, just trying to get a handle of what the rules look like, what the contracts look like, what the salaries look like, um, where players come from, you know, whether it be college or MLS or europe foreign players um so trying to get a handle on you know how do you create uh, a good team um you know i think that 
soon the the homework will be trying to find a a sporting director and a head coach um that i would say have some experience with usl i think that's uh beneficial because it's it's a unique league and um you know someone with experience would be helpful i mean mm-hmm. you know brett's got his own experience with usl so um you know he's obviously got a good grasp on things already yeah he, he's for those who don't know he's been a very successful owner with phoenix rising um which is one of the better probably run clubs in usl championship I think. so that's yeah. a, a good leader uh, majority owner for the franchise um so how soon until you become a billionaire what are your plans on that <laughs> No, Man, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't know. I think it's going to be a little while. <laughs> I got I got to come up with a Home Depot. I think. <laughs> I don't know if uh, a USL team is going to cut it, but okay. So is this, and I mean, is this a a stepping stone for you to uh, partial ownership of an MLS club or a, a championship in England or? or in one of the Scandinavian countries where you played, anything like that? Um, I'm not viewing it as that. I don't have any uh, plans to get into anything else. Um, for me, it was more the opportunity to bring soccer back to Rhode Island. Um, that's, that's That was the biggest draw. Um, you know, So we'll see what comes of it and how I enjoy it and other opportunities that come up and people we meet. But um, you know, for me right now, it's, it's just that opportunity. And what else do you have going on that you want people to know? Any any uh, organizations or charities or anything you're working with right now? Um, yeah, well, uh, my my main gig right now is working with uh, RippleWorks, and that's a, a technology platform. And uh, you know, I'm I'm helping them on the soccer side, which has been a little bit slow given the the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are working with our first USL Academy team, which is exciting. And we're making waves here and there. Um, but actually we're doing really well with police forces throughout the U S and, um, in enterprise. So our other verticals are doing very well and, and soccer is a little bit slow coming, but, uh, I still think it could be a, a powerful and, and useful platform and, and, and app. So that's exciting. And I'm learning a lot, um, on a side that I didn't know a ton of beforehand. Look at you throwing out verticals, man, you're already an owner. Yeah. that's what all these zoom calls for the past year and a half you know <laughs> and have you been paying attention to atlanta united and what's going on with all the signings and, and everything yeah of course definitely um yeah it's it, it's exciting leading up to this year i think that uh obviously last year was a massive disappointment uh, all around and um so I think that the expectation is kind of back up there now that um, Heinz is in, there's a bunch of new players in. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the team gels and, and how they get going right off the bat, CCL again. And, um, you know, another, another season of a little bit of unknown right now, um, as far as attendance and travel and testing and all that stuff. But um you know, I think the expectation from the fans, I would assume, is still right there. It's still still high um, to make the playoffs and, and and be a contender. And I think that the offseason moves, uh, from what I've seen, probably put us back in there. Yeah, and, you, and, of course, getting Joseph back healthy is, yeah, yeah. is priority number one. 
And in, uh, is there anyone else in Major League Soccer you're really keen, any other team or, or specific player you're keen to watch this season? I'm really excited to watch uh, Austin, actually. Mm. Um, I really like the team they put together. I love the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like some of the moves they made. You know, I don't think that they've got a complete team yet or anything, um, but I do like the moves they made. And, and obviously they've created some buzz with their attendance and, and their stadium. And so, you know, I'm excited to see um, how they do and what they do, because I, I really like Josh Wolf as a coach mm-hmm. and uh, I like the other people that he brought in under him. So that'll be, a, I'm looking forward to, to watching them play. And then all these youngsters uh, committing to the United States, uh, pointing to the 2026 World Cup um, as a guy who's appeared for the national team many, many, many times. Explain to, to folks really basically how difficult of a challenge is that going to be for the United States? Yeah, I mean, as we know, qualifying for a World Cup is not a given. Uh, all these teams are getting better. You know, just like the U.S. is – getting these players to commit to the U.S. You know, you hear about, you know, these Caribbean countries getting players to commit to their countries that, you know, wouldn't have a chance with their, you know, other, you know, Dutch or African Mm -hmm. countries. And so, you know, these teams are not walkovers. It is difficult to go down to these Central American countries on terrible fields and it's 95 degrees out and terrible referees and get results. Um, it's not impossible because obviously we've qualified for a lot of World Cups, but it's it's not a given. And that's before you even get to the World Cup. Um, you know, and you know, just because you've got talent does not mean success. Uh, that being said, I, I I love Greg as a coach, and I think that he's probably a a big reason why these players are committing to the U.S. because of his style and and his um, uh, what's the word the the feeling around the camp the environment that he creates uh i could see why players are 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 brought to it so yeah there's going to be a lot of pressure on those guys and thankfully they've got this upcoming world cup to get some experience under their belt and play together and hopefully qualify and, and understand what goes through that and then they'll be you know that much older and more experienced come you know when it's on our home turf and if they keep progressing at Atlanta United, well, they'll probably be former Atlanta United players at that point because I assume they'll be moving on. But Miles Robinson and George Bellow could be a part of that 20, both the 2022 and 2026 teams. Um, Absolutely. Huge feather yeah, for, was, for the team. I was disappointed for them about the Olympics. Um, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a shame because, uh, you know, I really enjoyed my experience there. Um, and I think, you know, just selfishly as, as a fan of the U S and knowing the importance of qualifying for the Olympics and getting that experience for those guys, you know, absolutely. Those two guys could have helped the team. Uh, so, you know, I'm disappointed for them, um, individually, but, um, you know, absolutely. Those guys have bright futures and, um, could one day be starters on the national team. And I hope they are. You can't see this in the photo, but over Parker's left shoulder are uh, soccer balls from the Olympics uh, from when he competed, uh, as evidence of his his love of, of the Olympic Games. Um, and for people who don't know, there's still a chance that Robinson and Bello could go to the Olympics if the U.S. qualifies. Um, it didn't sound like 
Jason Price was too interested in that possibility since they were with the team for qualifying. But coaches want to win, um, and they'll take the best players. So we'll see what happens uh, with that yeah. later this summer. Um, was there anything else you want to mention or talk about before we before we end this? Um, no, I'm. I'm hoping to get down to uh, Atlanta a couple times this year and see some games. I was disappointed, obviously, with ha- what happened last year. It was at the first game. Uh, but then, obviously, it's, it was a lot different after that. But uh, hopefully I'll, I'll do come down and do a camp in the summer. I did a Thanksgiving camp with Kevin Kratz, um, and that was really awesome. Um, so hopefully we'll do something in the summer as well, and I can come down and see a game uh, while I'm there as well. Um, you know, just be, be be around the team, be around the facility again would be nice. That would be cool. Uh, all right, Michael. I want to. And I you think you owe me a golf round. That uh, I do. <laughs> I do owe you at least one golf round, uh, and I'll probably end up owing you a beer after that golf round. The way my game is right now. Um, I'll take I, it. There we go, um, Michael. I want to thank you for coming on the Southern Fight Soccer Podcast. Um, and where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, Twitter at MF Parkhurst and Instagram at Mike Parkhurst three. And please try to keep tabs on what's going on with their project with the Paul Tuck USL championship team. Uh, if it's any indication of Parkhurst career, uh, it's going to be a success and it's going to be well done and it'll be a fun franchise. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Um, and please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.